Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. It is great having you. It's great seeing you. And thank you for, for being on the I Can Do podcast. Uh, I love the um, the energy that you have, your dedication to fitness and to uh, to helping other people. That's something that um, I really appreciate. So I'm looking forward to talking to you a little bit. We I want to start off by just um, sharing with the audience where this love and desire for for fitness and health, uh, where did that come from? When did that really get started in your life? Yeah, you know, I started out um, as a, a chubby girl uh, way back in, in, you know, from all the way up until I went off to school, essentially, I was always a little bit overweight. And for the most part, it wasn't really troublesome, except that it in, did intertwine with the way I felt about myself and confidence and what have you. My weight wasn't so much the the leading issue that was kind of a symptom of what was going on about how I felt about myself. But I think it started when I went to nursing school. I'm a registered nurse and I went off and I very quickly saw the correlation between um, disease and the way that we treated ourselves and what we were eating. And especially if you come from uh, an ethnic group where there's a uh, predominance of certain diseases and I'm like wait wait a minute so you're saying that we could change the way we eat and we don't have to experience some of these things like you don't have to sit and wait for it because you have a family history or you know lots of people with it and so that was a big aha right away and up to this point I still hadn't worked out or done any exercise or done anything so it really has been a journey of a changing up the way I ate and realizing that I could change the uh, my body composition and then it got to be it really got to be like a drug of choice because then I figured out I had some control and I could do this thing that actually made me feel pretty good mm-hmm. and as time has gone on in all truth Benjamin it has evolved because now I'm at the stage of my life where I'm like uh, we can have choices we can have change and you don't have to sit around and wait for decline and it doesn't matter when you start this but let us start and make changes because we do have options. Yeah. How long did that take once you started realizing mm-hmm. the the correlation, obviously, with eating and different diseases? We were just talking right before we hit the record button. Someone else who I just re- recently had on the podcast, uh, M- Maxim, he mentioned something very similar as well, where he saw a loved one. Then he saw his father. Both of them had a lot of um, obviously sickness and illness that was really lifestyle related. So you're going through nursing school. When, how fast did that quickly register for you? Then what did that process actually look like? Was it like an immediate shift or was it like changes over time? It's been definitely changes over time because even what I do now Two years, five years ago, I wouldn't have been doing. It would have felt a little bit far-fetched. So it's definitely been an evolution. Um, And we know a whole lot more now. A lot more information has come about. And um, um, we just just have a, you know, there wasn't nutrition labels available at one time. We weren't talking about macros. We weren't talking about food groups. We just saw food very differently. Um, so it started out seeing that, yes, I can make changes in my body. I can feel better. And then I just, it was the one thing of all things that I felt I could pushing the envelope on, like, let's see what we can do. I wasn't, there's a, there's a spirit of, uh, you know, I was a very quiet child, but there's, you know, you got to watch out for those quiet ones. 
Um, <laughs> don't underestimate them because they're thinking all the time. Stuff's going on. <laughs> um, so there was a spirit of, I think, almost contrariness that I just wanted to, I saw things, I always saw things a little bit differently. And so, uh, and not even contrariness, maybe um, just wanted to push the envelope and just like dare myself to be able to do something more or different or well, what else can I do? Or what, if I do this, what will happen? So, and as time goes on, you know, before children, after children, and then people have expectations about themselves. And I was like, I just want to defy those odds basically is what it is how did that help you with your confidence you mentioned that you struggled with confidence at times when you were younger uh, talk to us about that transformation as well because it's it's typically not just merely the food or the exercise or the size of our waist there's typically different things underneath all of that there's a lot of that and it really it starts very early if you've got young children, you know, they they start out one way and they see the world so differently. And by time, somewhere between seven and 10, they start to see things a little bit differently. So that early, I want to say programming or those messages that we've learned early on about ourselves and how we see ourselves, some of us still carry that way into our adulthoods and maybe for most of our lives. And so weight and body transformation has been, um, has been a helpful factor in the way that I saw myself but also it allowed myself to see that I, I had a lot of control. I could change things by the what I did to, for myself. And now it's at the place where I realize how many women, especially of my demographics, that I can help them know that your body will respond to change. Don't rule yourself out and just don't go with that popular trend or the stories about you should expect aging to be awful mm -hmm. aging is a good thing when mm -hmm. remember children want to be two i'm three i'm three and a half i'm nearly 10 i'm i'm, I'm going to be 16 i'm 18 at some point in time we start bragging about our age like a negative but what if yeah. that's kind of what i come from what if yeah. what if it can be great yeah yeah i love that i love uh, certain statements that you're saying here pushing the envelope, uh, what if, what are some of the upper limits? Uh, there's a book called Big Leap, The Big Leap, and the author talks a lot about upper limits uh, or self-limiting beliefs. What have you encountered with different clients that you have worked with, uh, with this idea of what if? Because that trend, it is pretty popular. So for example, uh, the day that we uh, are recording this, when I took my dog Teddy out for a walk today, I saw two of our neighbors and uh, the gentleman, he had his birthday. Uh, his birthday was on Saturday. He said, yeah, I'm getting old. And I said, well, you know, how old are you? And he's like, uh, well, I'm 68. I said, well, I said, you know, you should really be careful with what you say. And they looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you keep saying that you're getting old or you keep, you just keep saying I am old. So if you say that long enough, eventually you're going to believe it. Then you're going to act like it. So why is it that so many people find themselves in this kind of situation where they do just kind of, you know, go along with the trend? You know, I hear people like in their 40s 
saying, well, I'm just old now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, that's like halftime. Like, you're just getting started. Uh, why is it that so many people fall into that trap? And, and what does that mean? I think some of it we've followed into society's mantra on that. If you go to yeah. a, 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 a store where they sell greeting cards, it's it's right there over the hill and you know <laughs> things are falling apart yeah. things are yeah. falling off so it's kind of been marketed to us mm. we're also at a different generation from our parents and our grandparents we have so much more available to us we know so much more we can choose now is it that it's easier to go with that because it requires much more effort to do otherwise mm. again that somewhat defiant nature in me wants to push against that when people say well we're getting old and say we are and i i, I say you speak for yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> because i'm just getting started I love that. for a for a lot of reasons like being that very quiet socially awkward child extremely shy that didn't really wasn't very social like now i feel so much better so now i get to be that kid that i wasn't <laughs> and yeah. so you know people talk about being back in their teenage years or being no well, I actually don't want to do any of those things again I didn't have that much fun then so now I can and I'm going to so part of this then for those who are listening as well I'm just kind of thinking about this right now is you know be okay be in the present and face your reality I was doing a sermon about uh, overcoming worry and I use an example of uh, someone in the Bible and just the idea of facing your reality, you know, whether, and that can be tough sometimes because if we're sick, um, okay, recognizing, okay, we have an issue here, uh, but whether you're in your forties or fifties or sixties and seventies, uh, I love this idea. Yeah. You don't need to go back because now you're almost living in the past, but that kind of mindset will keep you stuck there. If not careful, then you're going to miss out on the great blessings that you have today and all the wisdom that we've accumulated over the years. I I had a big revelation a few years ago. I, I joined this um, organization and true to myself at that time, it was a big, it was um, kind of a mindset coaching kind of thing. It was a group setting. It was on Zoom. There was a lot of people there. So it was very easy for me to sit in the back row, as it were, and be quiet because that's what I did best and just observe and listen. But there were things they were talking about that were had me think, what on earth are these people talking about? Because they spoke about things that I had no knowledge of at that point. Like, I can change my thoughts. I can change what I believe. Oh, wait a minute. I've been running with this story about myself for all these years. I can change that story and not believe that anymore. Maybe it was true at that time. It made me, it served me at that time. Is it serving me now? Coming to a place of peace with wherever you are at this moment, whoever you are, and embracing that. I'm really learning to be good in the moment. Yes, there are things I still want in life. I, and I love helping women get to that aha moment where they break loose of being feeling contained and that you can reach for more. It doesn't matter what stage of life you are. Maybe that thing served you then, but is it serving you now? We have this one life to live on earth. And I just, I just feel like we should max it up and just 
live like every day is, I don't know, 1999. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, let me ask you this question because someone may push back. So yeah. yes, we should push the envelope and what if. How do you know, Lee, or how do you coach your clients where, I don't know if this is the right term of like, when when do you know that you've arrived or mm. when or staying in the moment where you can actually be content? One of the dangers, especially today, is people constantly want to push the envelope more mm -hmm. or more, or even when they have like a major success in their minds, they could be saying, but there's still more I can do. I can still go. Sure. Into Does that make sense? Like, how yes. do you navigate this potential extreme of, okay, we're not in the past anymore. We want to keep pushing forward at mm -hmm. the same time. We don't want to miss out and, and not smell the roses along the way. Right. I think there's there definitely has to be a spirit of contentment also and be good with where you are right now. Yes, there are more things coming, but there's not a landing spot. I help women with weight loss. There isn't a landing spot. You get there and ta-da. It, it doesn't work that way. Life evolves. So be where you're good today. Kind of think of a lily pad. So I'm on this lily pad today and I'm going to navigate how to get to the next one. There may be several around me. It's not just one. So I'll get to that one and observe the view, feel peace. Listen to your inner self. You'll know if you're in a good place, if it's tight, if it's angst, if it's uh, doesn't feel good. Back that up. That's not the direction. Listen to your true. Your true self knows what you really, really want. And oftentimes I, I, I work with women and they're, I want people to come to a place of peace and not be fighting with themselves mm. in that I want this, I want this, I want this, I want to do this, I want to be here. But inside that's not, that's not giving you peace. So do what you truly, truly, truly want. Maybe you will have that, but maybe it's not right now. And allow yourself to naturally go there, go with the flow like children do. They go with the flow and they do what makes them feel happy. They're spinning, they're hopping, they're twirling. I wish we could go back to some of that, but <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Some do. Cartwheels. Yeah, do some cartwheels. Well, um, but, my son, he's he's eleven, and yeah, there's something about you know being able to hold on to that to that mindset, yes. and that attitude, and we get so we get so caught up with. Um, performance and results and productivity there's there's definitely a place for that that's that's what I believe but yeah. I love what you just said I'm taking some notes here too there's not a landing spot and mm -hmm. this sounds so familiar and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it seems like at times people say okay give me and I don't know how you work it I want to I want to hear more about it people people may say okay what can I do in 90 days and then after the 90 days they kind of have like this relapse or it's like okay i've arrived so what you're telling your clients then if i'm hearing you correctly is okay well yeah you've hit the 90 days but that's not the end it's it's almost like a check-in or okay now let's see where we go from here right it's almost a warm-up mm. i've done coaching programs myself as a client and i might not have got to where i wanted to go at the end of it and i had to work with okay did you do everything? Did you apply yourself fully? Did you ever take advantage of everything that was offered? And maybe it just got me to another level so that when I work with somebody else or did something else, I'm now ready for that. I've been taking stepping steps along the way. I've been taking the lily pad. 
I've got lots of places I want to go, but I must feel be okay with where I am right today. Otherwise that agitation stays and that that won't bring into you what it is you want. So rather than we're trying to jump over there and get far away and I want to get that, the house and the car and the and the marriage and the, the zip code and the, the career and, you know, it's just things. And then we lose the, we lose that just being ourselves and just being peaceful where we are. What am I to what am I to learn here? What am I to give here? Why am I here? What am I to do at this point in at this junction? What am I to get? Maybe I just sit still for a minute. That takes a lot to get to there. And I'm getting coaching to learn these right. things also. It's yeah. some of peace in the valley. <laughs> peace in the valley. I love that. I was going to ask you, I'm curious, how do you stay in today? So obviously you're you're busy and maybe that's not even the right word. I've been trying to eliminate this idea of being busy or I don't have time. It's a 30-day challenge. And I know you're into a lot of different challenges but just eliminating the the language of I don't have time or if I had more time. So let me rephrase that. How do you stay in today? Right. Well, I've figured out, I thought I was a very, um, I thought I was a multitasker. Mm. I believed that for a long time. Come to find out, I, I just have trouble focusing <laughs> is what it really is. And I'm starting this and starting that. So I, I do make a list of things that are important important for me to accomplish each day to help it helps me with focus um and to just be mindful be present with yourself slow things down and ask yourself your your yourself not other people and things looking at social media and see what other people are doing but to really connect with yourself and say what do i what do i need today and we we all have the same 24 hours I do feel sometimes like I run out of time, but then I ask myself, well, did you really, or were you goofing off doing something that wasn't productive? You know, is it a lack of focus or was it a lack of time? Because I think the most important things will get done if it's really that important. And sometimes I just need to keep talking to myself. Okay, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. These are three things you need to do today, Lee. Talk to myself in the third person. Mm. And so, uh, you you will really need to do that. And I look at it from a realistic standpoint. If I'm doing this call at this time to this time, and I've got time for maybe a tea break or go outside and, and I don't know, just get some sun rays for a few minutes, and then you can do this thing. So realistically, does it work out on the clock? Yes, you can actually do that. There is enough time to make those things happen. And then whatever else you get to do, fantastic. So it, it, have peace and grace with yourself see what you can really do. And I think the things that really need to get done will get done. And if it doesn't get done, maybe it wasn't supposed to get done today. Maybe it'll get done tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, I've been focusing a lot on uh, morning routine. I liked what one person said too, even changing it to uh, the morning ritual. Uh, there's something even more, I think maybe more impactful with uh, just changing that word up just a little bit. So right. uh, and focus with that and, and understanding um, what, you know, priorities you mentioned earlier, and uh, I definitely could relate to that as well, you know, where um, I'm trying to remember what you said when you were talking about after you were a registered nurse. Oh, I think it was something about how just exercise kind of became like, uh, not a drug per se, but just something you really love to do. I love to exercise. It feels good. I get a lot of different uh, creative thoughts and things like that. What are some other benefits that people are going to be able to get with exercise? Not just merely what the scale says, 
but what do you try to emphasize as you're coaching uh, other women about the benefits of exercise? Right. So, so many things, how you feel, it helps with your confidence because when you can master that thing, even if you're not mastering it, you've got started. You made a commitment to do this thing, whether it's to walk 20 minutes a day and the first day it's yucky and the second day it's yucky. And for a week it's yucky. And it's like, oh, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this, but you did it. And you can give yourself credit for that. And then yeah. you start to notice that it becomes to be less yucky. Now your endurance is better. You feel a little stronger. You feel a little bit more accomplished. Now your posture starts to change. You're standing more uh, taller. You feel more erect in your posture. You're starting to notice some difference in your tone, or maybe things are getting a little looser. And so you start to feel the whole better benefits. Maybe you're working on bone density. Maybe you're working on muscle tone. Maybe you're working on endurance so that you're not as winded anymore. You can get up and do something and feel like you're doing something to enhance your health or to help you to feel better. Remember, the, the prime years of my life, maybe, because that's arguable, but in my youth is not the time I maximized my ability, my natural given ability to move my body. I talk to myself out of it. I'm like, I can't do that. I'm not athletic. I can't, I can't run. I'm happy just to come in third to last. I didn't care at all. I'm not competitive. I don't have a good hand-eye coordination. Those are all the stories I told me myself. And um, now I've changed that story and then using it to help me to feel better in my clothes, to encourage women that I don't care how old, old you are, you can feel good. It's not about a weight. I don't even possess own a scale, by the way. Um, maybe I should, but I can get access to one if I need to, but it's so many, it's all the other wins. And I, I promote, um, non-scale victories. Yeah, that was going to actually going to be my next question about your philosophy with respect to the scale. So I threw uh, back in 2016, 2017, I was working with uh, Bill Phillips uh, he wrote the book uh, Body for Life and uh, Eating for Life, and he used to um, produce uh, EAS supplements. I uh, always loved following him, and I got a chance to work out with him and to do a couple of um, speaking engagements at his uh, at his gym. One of the things that I did, I really changed my philosophy on the scale. I, I made a video where I threw the scale away, and I think I was maybe weighing once a month or three times a month to get like an average at the beginning or the end. Right. It it has changed some. So uh, I got on the scale January 8th and uh, it was a sticker shock. And I was like, what happened here? So I've been weighing for the most part every day. I've taken some days off, like when I travel and things like that. So it's actually given me a different perspective. Mm. And I know there's different things. There's a book called the... Uh, Every Other Day Diet, um, a professor from the uh, University of Illinois uh, wrote it. She talked about how those who weighed every day um, tended to lose a little bit more weight. But yeah. I also know people who are so, um, what's the term, um, obsessed with the scale. And if it goes up, everything is just ruined. It's like an all or nothing. So I know you don't own a scale, uh, which is fantastic. I love the idea of non-scale victories. How would you coach someone, uh, you know, who wants to keep track of this or if they're trying to decide, should I keep it? Should I get rid of it? What are your thoughts about that? 
definitely keep it. I'm not going to, I don't expect people to live to, you know, maybe be so hardcore about it, but maybe, maybe once a week, your weight will fluctuate for sure. Just like your pulse will, your heart rate will, it fluctuates all the time on how hydrated you are, um, you know, rest, um, stress. Um, did you just travel or you're on a plane for a long time? Are you holding water for a woman? Where is she in a cycle? If that's still um, applicable, there's so many things. So don't use that purely. Uh, maybe check once a week, twice a week, but don't let that be the only thing that you're looking at. Look at, again, the non-scale victories. How do you feel? How are your clothes fitting? How's your energy? How's everything else that you're doing? How's your hydration? Um, are you moving? How do you feel? How are you getting some deep REM sleep in? So don't let that be the only thing because it doesn't tell you what your muscle mass is and it doesn't tell you necessarily what your body fat percentage is. That's going to be a better indicator of what's going on. Yeah. Because if you're building muscle, your weight might not be coming down so much. It might look like you're plateaued. By the way, plateaus are normal. Your body's just not going to go sliding downhill. It's always trying to rescue to make sure that's really what you want to do. And so... It's a lot of things. And that's why, and that's where coaching comes in. That's where I love helping people because they don't know necessarily all of these things. And they think if the scale, like you said, doesn't show us what we want to sh it to show, we think, oh, it's terrible. I failed. I'm like, no, you just give your body a chance. Just give your body a chance. Yeah. Uh, the plateau is a dangerous time. It could be a good time or a dangerous time, depending upon the stories uh, that we tell ourselves. So that's where that routine really comes in. I want to talk a little bit about, a little bit about coaching. You're a registered nurse. When did coaching get on your radar and how did you get into coaching? Yeah. Um, towards the end of my nursing life, I knew that there was something else I wanted to do. And I, I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew there was something else that I was feeling called to. And I, and I would just stand there and think, what is it? And I noticed over time I was moving towards a more holistic approach to health, while Western medicine for sure has its place, absolutely, and I'm grateful for it. But I start to feel the shift in myself and um, wanted to go with different methodologies, especially on the preventative end of healthcare, which is really, I found out, is what I was doing was sick care. I didn't know there was a difference between sick care and health for, care for a long time. I started working with a company that was a medically supervised waste, weight loss program. And that's really where things blossomed from. And so I took a big leap leaving the hospital scene um, because what I heard one day was get out. Get out? And I was like, get out. And mm. I was like, that was not my voice. <laughs> uh, and I, I knew it was time to make that shift. It was a big, it was a big jump because it was, you know, being in the hospital and I was very senior there, had a lot of stability um, into something that was essentially, I didn't know how it was going to go, but I'm glad I followed through on that. And um, I've come to love it, love it, love it, love it. I, I'm in coaching for, let's see, maybe about eight years now. And I just, I just love it. It just makes me excited to be able to help people when I see the light get turned on and I can, I can tell they feel better yeah. because it's hard to feel good and great and not want to share that with other people. That yeah. would be weird. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit more about your coaching program. Where can people find you and what kind of clients are you looking for mm -hmm. that would 
be in alignment with what you're trying to accomplish? So I work primarily with women in the 40s and 50s. They tend to be business professionals. And so they're very busy in their, in their working life, their professional life. Um, and where image still is very much an issue, um, we'd like to think that it's everything is nice and even. But the truth of the matter is a woman's going to be looked at a little bit differently. And she's also going to be judged um, herself. She judges herself, but also others by the way that she presents um, and also she's healthier. She's going to be a much better employee because she feels she feels better. She's showing up regularly. She's not taking time off sick because she has inflammatory issues. So she wants guidance and coaching on um, she's highly accomplished. But that one thing is the one thing that she struggles with the most. And that's controlling her weight, especially as she's in those uh, 40s and 50s demographics. And she thinks that she cannot have weight loss success. And she thinks that she's aging, aging, and she's gonna be stuck in this body that annoys her to no end. So those are the women that I, I get really excited working with and getting them to the place where they can lose the weight for the last time. I'm gonna rephrase that, release the weight, because one of the things is if we tell ourselves we're losing it and our yeah. subconscious wants to go find it, we don't <laughs> want to find it ever again. We want to release it and let it go. Yeah, And so, right let it go and be be in the body that you want to be in and enjoy that going forward and so you can find me on becoachedbylee.com which is my website and then also you can find me at coaching by lee on instagram so those are the best places to find me yeah why do you think we want to find that weight after we release it good question because in our hearts of hearts, especially if we struggle all along or oftentimes, we do not believe that we can sustain it or we may not believe that we can lose it. And we may not believe because we've struggled with it in the past that we can be successful. So it's it's a belief. Even when we get to where we want to go, I'm hanging on to those clothes just in case. Yeah. And one can argue both sides for that. But it's especially as women, we struggle with image a lot yeah. and how we see ourselves. We're our worst critic. And when a, a woman, even she's doing well and she's been successful and then she's doing all the things that happen, but she's still saying, we'll see. So she's not fully committed, not that she's not committed to her health, but she's still not fully trusting that she can be successful. How do you, how do you help someone then like that? Um, I, I can relate to that. And I know men, I'm sure can relate to that as well. Um, I can also relate to when I had my bit, biggest success. Once I got out of a certain size of clothes, I donated them or I gave them I gave them away. And there's something like, you know, burning the, the ships, so to speak of no, there's no going back. But this idea of like, we will see, it, it's it's very subtle. So uh, how would someone who's listening to this, maybe they're thinking that's exactly me, or at times it can feel like once you release the weight, maybe 20 pounds, 25 pounds, it's almost like you have like this grip of, okay, now I'm just trying to hold on. Where mm -hmm. is that coming from? Is that just the, the thought cycle that just needs to be upgraded? Uh, give us some more thoughts on that. Yeah, it is a lot of the messaging that we say to ourselves and we go back to the past. Uh, uh, for the most part, a good 90% of our thoughts are in the past. Mm. And a good percentage of that, three quarters of that, is negative messaging. 
Mm. We look in the mirror. Oh, look at me. This is sticking out that. And mm. I'm so, I'm this, I'm never. We don't say very affirming things to ourselves. And even when somebody pays us a compliment, we almost can't really receive it. Oh, those are lovely shoes. Oh, these are old. Yep. <laughs> and that, like, that, oh, I got that... this from some thrift market. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that's in that book, The Big Leap. He calls it, um, the author is uh, Gay Hendricks. That's his name. And he calls it deflection, where not even receiving that compliment. So it's almost like, no, I, you know, I really don't deserve this compliment, or I really haven't done enough to actually believe it to be true. So we push away, you know, these positive feelings and things like that. Something as small as, as small as that, but that's something that happens quite a bit. Right. And you hit the word. It said it's not just belief, but deserve. Yeah. Yeah. So if we don't think we deserve it and as, as a women pack are, we're not always kind to each other. And so, you know, a, a beautiful woman might walk into a room. She looks amazing. Her skin is just her hair, her clothing. She's she looks fantastic. And a woman will say, but it's not what she means. I hate her. Mm. What she means is I love everything about her. Mm. So we have we have, you know, a lot of things going on. We we're an interesting <laughs> breed, and um, and by the same token, we do admire people who are confident. Yeah. Hopefully, if we're good with ourselves, who's confident in herself and can show up fully and walk into a room and be okay with who she is, however that looks, because it's a beautiful thing. It doesn't matter if she's cute or not. If she's confident, that shines even brighter, and it's people gravitate towards that. So it's it's owning that and being okay with that. Just like when we were little girls, we were oblivious to our mismatched clothes or disheveled hair. And somewhere on along the line, we just started to not feel that great about ourselves. Yeah. What are your thoughts, philosophy then with social media? We know there's a lot of research, particularly with women, young girls, on the negative effects of social media. We know that there are so many different filters that are out there. Mm -hmm. What's your recommendation for navigating the Instagrams, now the threads, the TikTok? Right. Everyone you know, wants to talk about fitness and things like that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, Fortunately, I'm thinking for my demographic, we've just we we grew up when none of that was really about, and all our you know goofy outfits were mostly only on actual photographs and not on in the judicial <laughs> space forever. Yes. And in some you know, so we've got that. Um, it does play a part, yes, for the younger woman. Um, for my demographic, yes, it is there, but I think we hopefully know enough to know that you know. What is their journey? How long did it take to get there? What does it take to maintain that? It's, you know, we may see what we see. And I get clients that say things to me like, well, but you've always been skinny. I'm like, uh, no, that's not, not the case. What you see is what you see today. You don't know what it takes to get here and what it takes to maintain that. We don't know the backstory mm. of, we see people at their crowning glory you see somebody's in a movie or they bought out a book or they're they're making headlines in this way. But what we don't see is the backstory and what it took to get there. Mm -hmm. And in all truth, many of us are not really willing to put in that work to get that and stay there. Yeah. 
So what does your routine look like? I don't, I don't want to know necessarily all the details, but on a given week, what, what's your routine look like with exercise, recovery, um, days off? Uh, take us through, the, through your life. Uh, as of this week i'm exercising every day apparently because i'm doing a 28 day challenge which requires 30 minutes of exercise every day and i probably won't do much more than 30 to 45 and uh, it'll take some self-talk to do that i don't in the last couple of years i've exercised a lot less than i used to Uh, uh, ironically you think i'd be working out a lot but um, i got into the best shape of my life in covid for the Honestly, I just, it was an amazing time, an opportunity to really hone in and focus. I make, my food choices are, they're an automatic and a given. I make sure I get my groceries in on Monday's work for me to get the things I need to set me up myself up for the week. So my week can flow. My weeks, I've got a lot going on and it's not time efficient for me to be going to the shop daily or every couple of days to get things so I can eat well. So I set myself up on a Monday. It's a priority. It doesn't matter how busy I am. That kind of has to happen. So I'm set up for the week and I can make my good choices. I focus on proteins. I focus on whole foods. I don't really deviate much because it's well established at this point. And I get get what I need. Um, Really focus on getting adequate sleep. I definitely focus on getting my water every day. I do water before coffee every day. That's a new routine I started in the last uh, two years. I do have quiet time in the morning. I plan my, my mostly a time of gratitude and, and quietness and, and then focus on what needs to happen that day. So I'm intentional about what happens. I'm not just reacting, but I have some things in place and focus on what I need to have happen each day day so it's starting the day off with hydration it's quiet time maybe a little stretch and movement um maybe look at some social or email if there's anything pressing get on with my work day take care of business after that and go forward and make sure that the big tasks get addressed movement is a couple of days a week um and eating is pretty it's pretty smooth Um, as long as i've got good things available at home i'm not concerned i don't i don't meal plan I literally just open the fridge and I'm like, what's it going to be? Because I know it's in there. Gotcha. So when you do all the prep on Mondays, it's not necessarily like cooking like for the entire week. It's just making sure you have everything in the house that you need. Don't cook. Don't cook. Tell us why. <laughs> why not? <laughs> because um, I'm selective about the way I use my time and energy and I choose not to do it with that. Having said that, I do have a 12-inch skillet, which I use for most things in an air fryer. And I think with those two things, I can make everything happen. Mm-hmm. I can make my own whole meal in a 12-inch skillet. So I put things together. When you're eating whole foods, other than, yes, meat requires a bit more cooking, and the air fryer. Um, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But when I want to eat, I want to eat, and I want to eat, well, kind of now. And so um, it needs to be ready to be on a plate 15 minutes, perhaps. So you're not, so it's just, you're just in the moment when it's time to eat. That's what you're going to do. You're just going to cook it and eat. Okay. It's time. I, love, no, I like that. I know more or less when it's going to happen. It's not like a wandry because it depends. Okay. I've got, I have to think, okay, I've got this event and I've got this thing. So your window of time to eat is here. You need to make it happen here or you need to eat here. And so in my mind, it I've got it kind of figured out. I'm not usually stumbling. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten in so many hours and I'm famished and what shall I do? Because I already kind of know the order of my day. So I've thought about when's the best time to do that. 
you're going to have to eat enough over here, or you better make sure you can make it through because your next opportunity is over here. What are your thoughts or philosophy recommendation with free days or what they used to be called cheat days? What are you doing? Um, is it if you want a piece of uh, dark chocolate or if you want a donut, you're just going to go ahead and eat it? Uh, give us some thoughts with that. Yeah, I have to really, really, I'm very, very selective about, so I might have an exception, what I call it an exception. It's a planned exception. So I'm going to think about it. I don't keep a lot of those things around me at home. It's just, it doesn't work. It's best. I just don't have the availability of them. Um, so if I choose to have something, I may go to the store specifically to get maybe that piece of dark chocolate. I'm going to enjoy it with some protein or some healthy fat and move on. I'm not going to have an ex whole day of, of offness. Mm. Um, let's call it. Yep. But I'm going to have something sometimes. And then, and it's just, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't go there too much because it could be a slippery slope. Yes, I agree. No, I, I'm the same way. If it's in the house, I'm going to probably find it at some point in time. Not probably right. find it. So um, I've done that before where if there's some kind of leftover, I just throw it away. And it's it's so interesting how the mind works because I actually like feel a little bit bad. Or like a few hours later, I'm like, why did I do that? You know, so there's always like this back and forth. So everybody has to really understand who they are and, you know, what's going to work the best for them, for sure. Yeah. So find have peace with it. So if you're going to have that thing, have yeah. the thing, enjoy it and move on. Don't beat yourself up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's one of the hardest things, I think, for a lot of people, right, where they feel like, OK, I can never have this again. Or, you know, there, it almost adds uh, another level of pressure. But I like that approach as well. So you've talked about pushing the envelope. Sounds like throughout your life, you have taken these leaps. What's next for Lee? Ah, yes. So definitely, um, I love the podcasting space. I've just um, sent my manuscript for a book to the publisher. So I'm waiting to get oh, approval really? that I can publish that. And that's a, a book about my early nursing life and my transition over to working in the US. And so, um, yeah. you know, pre-digital era and the different cultures. So that's that's my fun, first and fun book. And then I'm going to put out some different ones. I'm featured in a book called Healthopedia, where I'm writing a chapter in there also. So that's very exciting. And so, you know, who knew people said i didn't know that you're right and i said neither did i apparently <laughs> <laughs> apparently i can do that so it's like what else can i do let's let's i love this thing called life i have a lot of abilities and i i feel like i want to maximize that so use this voice that i that i kept in a in a box for many many years because i you know i didn't speak i was shy and just introverted and socially awkward so I didn't speak so I've got all those years of being quiet to catch up for yeah. and uh, so use my voice for what 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 am I here for what am I to do whom whose life am I to impact yeah. uh, and just to show up and and stop hiding already <laughs> yeah no I love that and uh, thank you for sharing that here that is certainly an I can do attitude I'd love to read the books uh, please let me know when they're available well and uh, definitely we'll spread the word with that so let me, let me ask you, are you starting a podcast as well? I know you're unpodcast. Is that something else in your future since you are 
wanting to, to share your voice more. Absolutely. And so I have started one and I haven't given it, um, haven't put too many things in there recently, but I actually kind of started it and started it again. I took some of my longer ones out and put more sound bites in so that people can listen in 10 minutes or other uh, or, or less. And so that's on uh, Anchor Spotify and that is called Scale Slayer. <laughs> I love that skill player. I love that. So with books, I have to ask, what books do you uh, recommend? I, I love to read. I'm reading a number of books right now. So I've set a new goal to read five books each month, which is uh, basically a book a week. I've started doing a lot more with Audible too, Lee. Uh -huh. where I drive a lot. And so in the morning time, if I'm walking or something like that, it looks like you already have a book in your hand. What, uh, where do you I, I'm looking at my playlist. So one of them yeah. I can see from here and it's Atomic Habits, which yeah. I really love. You may yes. have read that already. I have, yeah. A very beautiful book that I think is great on Audible. It is it is slow and, and just endearing. It's called The Boy, The Mole, Fox, and The Horse. Hmm. It's a very quick read. It is very beautiful. It's very introspective and it was recommended to me several times. And eventually I gave in and I said, oh, okay, let me listen to this book and see what it's all about. And it's just beautiful. It's just yeah. a beautiful book. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things I read are really about personal growth. Mm -hmm. um, I'm reading currently, um, what is it called? It is called, because I always call the title wrong, Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm, I've heard of that. Um, that's by Chan Kim and Renee Borgoni. I can't say that properly. And um, things like The Power of Positive Thinking and books along those lines as a man thinketh. And yeah. so really looking at those those kind of books. I read that in January. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, books by, say, Bob Proctor. And just there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful books out there. And just, you know, thinking about the way that we think kind of really digging into this personal growth space yeah. because it, it really helps me as a human, as a person. It also helps me as a coach to be a better coach. Yeah, absolutely. Now, thank you for that. I uh, I have not read the blue ocean strategy or the boy, the, the mole, the fox and the horse. Yes. Uh, read a, as a man thinketh. Um, Atomic Habits is really good. James Clear, if I'm remembering the author's name. Excellent, yeah. He also has a really nice newsletter. So if you subscribe to that or those who are listening, uh -huh. you send something out, I think once a week or maybe a couple of times a week with three different uh, thoughts. Uh, so that's really good. Uh, I read a book recently called, or actually it was on Audible, The Stress Prescription, uh, which is really a fantastic book. Yeah, The Stress Prescription. And even with Audible, you can still get the PDFs and uh, and things like that. So right now I'm reading a variety of books, uh, but um, I really like the self-help books as well. And uh, those really uh, resonate with me too. Well, have you read the four agreements. You know, I have, I, I've read the four agreements. I read them a number of years ago. I read it a number of years ago. I was listening to another podcast. Someone mentioned it. I said, you know what? I'm going to go back and, and, and take a look at it. So one of the agreements, I believe it's, um, you know, be impeccable with your speech. Uh, don't take anything personal. And so I was really thinking about that a, a, a little bit more. That's the challenging thing to do at times. 
But yes, I just recently took a look at that and uh, kind of refreshed some of those thoughts with it. Which what, what stood out to you? Do you remember? Oh, those those are two good. Things? Not taking things personal. That's that's a really good one to work on. And what's great about any of these is that you know you read it at one point and then you come back to it again at another time and you hear it a little differently something different lands because you're at a different place yeah. and so and sometimes we're not we listen we hear it but we're not really taking it all in so revisiting sometimes I've read um, a couple of books where I read them over and over and over again just back to back just kept going so and I heard something different every time mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something interesting to do. And I, I've kind of been in a phase here lately where I've actually sold a few books. Um, I have a lot of, I've had a lot of different fitness books. I was telling you, my wife and I went to Half Price Books in uh, Dallas recently. We were in the health and fitness section. And throughout the years, I've just bought so many different books. And she's like, yeah, you had that book there. And I was like, no, I didn't. She's like, yes, you did. And I, when I looked at it, I was like, yes, I did. And then, you know, just all these other books. So I love this idea of almost like research, diving into it. And then eventually in the process of time, it sounds like that's where you are right now. After a while, you kind of have it figured out. And once you figure out what's working, sticking with that and, and just staying the course. And so there's something really unique about that. So it's, it's something that I have on uh, one of our bookshelves where just certain books that have stuck a little bit more. So going back and reading those books, I found this um, psychologist from the 1930s and 40s, David Seabury. I, oh. I started this journey last year on uh, studying on worry. And uh, he had some really good books on that as well. So I love finding different uh, authors and um, thoughts and things like that out there. So thank you very much for sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Appreciate your time today yeah, and the conversation. Great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Final thought for the audience. Start where you are. Start where you are and, and really, really focus on spend the time thinking about what you really want, what you really, 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 really want and thinking about what would your ideal day look like if there was no obstacles in the way. I don't mean, you know, that you could fly or you could be taller, but within the realm of <laughs> the natural <laughs> order of things, <laughs> um, what would you really, really want? And I think we get so caught up in what needs to be done that we we don't take that time. You kind of go back into childhood when we could think about things. Charles said, I want to be a pilot. I want to be this. And, you know, what would you like? What would you like for each day? What does it look like, your ideal day? And that takes a minute because most of us don't really think about that. So focus on how you look, how you feel, your energy, where, where are you? What are you eating? What would be your ideal state of being? Yeah. Thank you, Lee. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much.